Saludo mi gente. Welcome to Dismantling the Fuckery, the podcast where we deconstruct the illusion and unleash the fabulosity. I'm your host, Gohenna Angelique, your fierce neurodivergent Juyurican poet and an advocate for decolonial liberation. So get ready to dive into the messy, uncomfortable, and transformative work of dismantling the systems of oppression and the limiting beliefs that hold us back. We're here to reclaim our power, embrace our magic, and rise into fabulosity. So grab your cafe, your tea, I don't know, maybe you need a shot, and let's get into some fuckery. Salud, mi gente. Welcome to episode three of Dismantling the Fuckery. Let's get into it. So... I wanted to talk about, can love change the world or is it bullshit? And the reason why this conversation is so important to me is because I realized that um, a couple of things. One, uh, historically in my life, I have been the, um, it's the archetype of the divine child, the magical child. And what I mean by that, and I'm using um, Carol and Mrs. Like, definition of that and that particular uh, work, archetypal work in that way. Um, and it is because ever since I can remember, um, this is story time, so, so be with me here in a minute, right? Um, ever since I can remember, I've always had this really deep uh, connection to love and to loving the world, right? The collective, the cosmic collective. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if it was my fourth birthday or my fifth birthday. I do have a picture of that birthday and I also can clearly, this memory is so clear in my mind. Um, and it's clear because I, the, the level, the depth of emotion that I experienced in this one moment that I'll tell you about uh, was quite profound and in some way beyond my capacity to understand even as a child. And so for this birthday, I had received a, a record, a 45, uh, you know, it's a small records from back in the day um, for my little uh, record player. And uh, it was the song, uh, It's a Small World After All. Now, I've told this story like to my kids when I'm talking about like ever since I can remember, you know, my, I've always been this um, human with so much capacity for love, really unexplainable and extraordinary and not in the way that, you know, like, oh, that sounds really great. Well, actually, there's ways that it can be challenging if it's not supported with boundaries, right? Because it also means that I have had the capacity to love people, even the worst of those of people, right? Like the worst of them in a way that hasn't been actually uh, sustainable or or healthy or safe, right? And so learning about this texture of this love that almost felt unexplainable to me. Um, I sat, not sat, I stood right by, it was on the left side of my bed on my little night table and I literally stood there. The room was a beautiful, like, amber color because I had my lamp on. You see, I, I remember it distinctly, right? And I stood there listening to It's a Small World After All, and I was bawling. I was crying. I mean, sobbing. Because I, could, I felt so much love for our humanity, like so much love for the world. 
and simultaneously thinking that how could this world be so amazing and there's people that feel so alone, right? Because what the the song was, you know, uh, speaking of was that uh, we are interconnected and we are not alone in the world. And I remember, I mean, I, I could still, I still sense that inside of me in this moment, just the overwhelming love that I had just for the world. And I don't know what business I had as a child, even conceptualizing the world, because I understood then that it was big. It was bigger than me, my family. And, and that particular context, um, informed so much of how I moved. And as I grew up, I went through extraordinary, my childhood was extraordinarily challenging, lots of trauma, lots of abuse, uh, just so many things, right? And I remember around maybe eight-ish, eight to nine, um, where a significant amount of trauma happened for me as a child, I would find myself in deep space of prayer and in a deep space of asking God to please help my heart not close, to please, uh, despite the wounds, despite the pain, despite the experiences, please don't let my heart close. I mean, I remember crying to my mom that I wanted to go to service just so that I could pray and ask God and beg God to keep my heart open because I knew enough to understand that so much of the pain I had experienced up until that point in my life, and I'm telling you, I was a kid, had come at the hands of adults whose hearts were closed, whose hearts were hard. There was a, a meanness, a carelessness, a selfishness about these people that I engaged with that uh, to me was unexplainable. Like I, I couldn't understand. Like you had to not be connected to love in order to move in the world in that way. And I knew that I didn't understand all that I was, you know, speaking to as a child, but I longed, it was like an ache inside of me to, uh, to do everything in my power to keep my heart open because I knew that if I closed it, it would not only, it maybe would have protected me right? But it would not have, it would have protected me not only from the bad, but from the good. You see, the negotiation with boundaries is such an important conversation. And boundaries have a different texture than what I'm talking about, which I know a lot of people who resort to this type of like hardening of the heart and this very like self-centered uh, perspective, because that uh, they assume that that's going to keep them safe and that's going to keep people in check. I wish it was true, but it's not. And what tends to happen is that you become the person who does the harm, right? Like the, the role switches because you no longer, um, you are unwilling. And, and this is a fair thing to get hurt, to be the person experiencing the harm, right? But neither is beneficial or sustainable or generative or good for us, right? Like neither end of that spectrum, but yet we tend, or, or polarity, we tend to operate in those ways because we're looking for answers to how do I keep my own heart and not get hurt? How do I love without it being risky or without 
um, putting myself out there in a way that's going to cause me even more pain, right? Valid questions. But here's, here's some of the, to me, there is a work, the inner work and the practice of awareness that is required in order for you to find uh, your place in love. And what I mean by that is that we need to ask the question, what does love mean for you? What does it mean to me? What does personal, romantic, familial, uh, cosmic love, what do these things mean? How are they defined? What do they look like? And we have to move like through the senses in order to really anchor down into like, oh, this feels like love to me. This looks like love to me. This sounds like love to me, right? This tastes like love to me versus the opposite of that, right? Which gives us, again, information where you're like, nah, this can't possibly be love, right? Love can't possibly hurt so much. And I think that if you come from a really challenging background, you're often your, um, you don't have rose colored glasses. What you actually have is some really dark tinted ones. And it becomes hard to see because everything's infused with the pain and the struggle to keep your heart protected and close it out so that nothing can get in it, right? Or like if you let somebody in it, the conditions for that are, <laughs> the list is long. And so I think that when we begin to examine what does love mean, we can get to the root of whether or not this energetic thing that holds so much life force, so much power, can actually change the world. Why do we want to change the world? Why do we want to transform it? I don't know about you, but there's some fuckery going on in our world that is insane. I mean, shit that I'm like, what in the baby banana cakes is this? There are experiences that I've had as a person, even as an adult, that I'm like, I don't understand what the fuck happened to this person that they felt the need to operate, behave, or attack in that particular way. And here's my thing. My thing is this, recognizing that we, we need to, one, understand what it looks like and what it means to us, and simultaneously understand that love has the capacity for ferocity in the same way that it has capacity for gentleness and tenderness. Love does not, this, we, we tend to give things names and meanings that are very limited by our own perception. And bear with me as I talk about this, because I think that th there's so many layers to perception, to reality, um, and, and how we see the idea of this thing, right? Where what you're thinking, how you're seeing the world impacts how you move in the world, impacts your impact, right? <laughs> like, and so there's this, there's this texture to this energy of love that requires us to really be in this examining, in this tracking, uh, this state of analysis that allows us to ask the questions about things, right? Ask the questions about, wait, why does my love only look like unicorns and rainbows? I'm not knocking it, but then that means that the minute there's any type of tension in this experience of loving, you're going to fucking run for the hills. 
And you're going to run for the hills because you're going to be afraid or you're going to be terrified or fill in the blank, you know, whatever the experience is that you're feeling, you're going to be terrified because it doesn't sound or look like the unicorn and rainbow stuff. In my personal experience, love has the power to hold uh, anger and it has the power to hold joy. Love does not exist in a binary. It exists in a spectrum that is a dance electromagnetically with other humans and with, with nature, with the world you live in. And so when we're talking about can this change the world, can this thing, this energy that informs everything we do, notably so, I often think I found myself and I, I attribute it to getting older. Um, and maybe it is and maybe it isn't. Who knows? But I'm almost sure that it's a byproduct of getting older. Um, <laughs> where I notice when people don't like what they do. I don't care what it is. But I want you to know that if you don't like what you do or you have a very poor attitude and relationship with your own integrity, it, it will show up in everything that you do. Right. And I think of, I think of small things like, I mean, this is no small thing for me, right? It's like a freaking I, I at times just lose my shit over it. And what I mean by lose my shit is just, I start complaining and kvetching like nobody's business about it and I can't get it out of my mind. Uh, like if I, if I'm served a plate of food and shit is just thrown on there, or if I am actually like, if I'm getting my nails done or doing this or doing that, and when I'm going to have this experience of care for myself that I work hard for, and there's so little care on the other end for how important it is, I know that that person has like disconnected entirely from their work or what they're doing. I don't care if you're mopping the fucking bathroom. Give a shit about what you do. Have enough love and self-respect internally that your energy and this and this is and then you know the difference, right? You know the difference between somebody who doesn't give a shit about their shit and somebody who does because they always go the extra mile, right? There's just this abundant, uh, generous way of being, even in the worst circumstances, even if they're not getting paid well, even I mean all the things. And, you know, and I want all the things in terms of I want people to get paid well. And I believe in tipping more than what is expected because people work hard, right? That's they earn their living in that way. And so you're able to really distinguish when there is the energetic touch of love, care, which is directly connected to who you are as a person, to your values and your integrity, Naming again that integrity is the integration of your values throughout your entire life. And so when people are like, no, I do believe in love. I believe in, but they say all the things, right? That sound correct. But yet in their actions, in their way of being with others, the last thing that anybody feels is fucking love, right? And it's not the unicorn and rainbow shit. It's actually the care. 
the care that we offer each other. We're more careful when we actually give a shit and actually feel love for the world that we live in and for our, our like our uh, everyday ecology, right? And so when we are able to get clear about what love means for you, what it means for me, to have this to not only as a natural uh, thread or a natural texture of our design as human beings is to have this unspeakable, unimaginable love that is like the source of all creation and all beginning is this thing. And this, this energy, this texture that is the expression to me, right, for me, my cosmology, the, ex the, the highest expression of the divine, I would say the, the most beautiful face of God right? The most beautiful face of God that is so generous and so loving. And with that love, it is the same love that tells you, Hey, I deeply love you. And your shit is a little crooked. It's the same love that goes, Hey, you are so precious to me for who you are. And for me, for a long time, having all these experiences around death and loss and grief, I felt like I could not access that part of myself anymore. That somehow I lost my faith and I lost my, like, my hope. I lost my connection internally to love. And when I mean love internally, again, I'm meaning both like the beacon of it, the sacred expression of it, and simultaneously, the fact that it's part of your human design to, to be filled with this love, to be filled with this enormous life force. Love to me is life force. Just in the same way creation and sensuality, these things are life force, right? They are connected all together with this expression that it is both built in and it is both... Uh, shared out and that that is what is going to transform the world when people actually take the time to dig into what it means what does love mean for them because I'm not talking about when I'm talking about tension I'm not talking about abuse I'm not talking about bullshit and I surely am not talking about exploitive behavior and extractive behavior what I'm talking about when I say tension I mean for the real thing the the thing that causes you to rise up and fight for justice it's the thing that will cause you to have the tough conversations. It's the thing that will cause you to alter your perception in order to be in the direct alignment of the flow of love. And that because we have entered times where there's so much challenge, so much loss, so much grief, there's always been, right? Like, of course, we know that. But there's something to be said for experiencing it in your lifetime and contending with the idea that people uh, would choose to exhibit externally particular behaviors without the substance internally. And that actually what is going to change the world, why change the world? Because of the shit that we see because of the pain that exists, because every time someone is hurt, whether they're a child or an adult, and they are hurt in such a way that it leaves a mark in their psyche, it means that we get to interact with each other in a way that actually heals us.
And that leads me into this other conversation around your self-love and external love. Here's the thing that we'll never be able to escape. I don't fucking care how much work you do on yourself. You could be an ace at it. But yet, if that does not translate into everything you do, baby, and into receiving in kind the thing that you're giving forward, we have a problem, NASA, right? Like we have a problem because love lives in reciprocity. Love is not counting. Love is not saying, hey, I did these 20 things for you. You know, you have to like either you need to do 20 things for me or we need to figure something out because I can't be giving all of this. That's not love. That's counting. It's actually something that I abhor. I abhor when people are counting because what they're doing is that they're giving with strings attached. They expect something in return. Well, Angelique, shouldn't we expect something in return? Not like that, heifer. If you are going to do, if you're going to help, if you are going to try to engage in life in a particular way or with other humans in a particular way, you need to learn to align yourself so that you are not defining yourself by that. Because helping, offering, supporting, that is a gift of love that should never have strings attached. And if you don't have the capacity for that, then you set the boundary in which you do not do offer, share, exchange what you do not have. In my culture, there is this piece where part of our way of moving is like, we'll give you the shirt off our back. Now, there's a lot of folks working, uh, walking shirtless out there because we gave the shirts to the people who really didn't know how to write, like be like, oh, I noticed you don't have a shirt. Let's go get another one. Um, you know, to people who can just take because their well spring of love is either really, really low, barely, you know, a drop or at the or they've never actually received enough of it to know the texture to be able to operate from that place. And so here we are, then what tends to happen is that engagements, relationships, all the things are very shallow. And they're shallow and they're tit for tat because most people who are operating like this do not have enough internal alignment with their values and internal connection with love. So they're seeking externally for the validation that you would only find internally, right? Having said that, what tends to happen, at least this is my particular practice, that if I'm going to do something or whatever, if I'm going to offer something, I'm offering it in a way that I trust that it'll come back to me if, if I'm going to need it when I need it through whatever, whatever means, but that it's taken care of because energetically, energetically, what goes around comes around. Y'all remember that song? You know, what goes around comes around. That's what people say. I totally off tune, but you get it right. <laughs> Early nineties, we were jamming, we were jamming. But to me, if we can wrap our heads around what actually love is for us, it's texture, it's, it's unfathomableness that this divine spark dwells inside of you and we nourish that. And we care for our container of love. 
And in turn, in caring for our container of love, you can only pour from the love you're caring for and that you're nourishing and growing and cultivating. So much so that what you what we'll do is that we will resonate frequency wise into the the multiverse, into the universe. Right. And then we will continue to attract that same type of texture. Right. And I know that when I've experienced an enormous amount of pain or enormous amount of loss, that is like a leak. The longer it is in operation without really good support, the more it takes. Right. And the more it takes, the more irritable, tired, cynical, uh, cynical, cynical, cynical and um, pessimistic you become because there's nothing inside the well and you're pulling right. You're pulling dry. And so it's important to be sure to do things that nourish your own cup of love first and then simultaneously create an ecology in which there are people equally showing up to nourish your cup of love and you nourish their cup of love. And together, I I said love, but my mouth sounded like it said love. (laughs) Together, we're going to create this magnetic field of amazing fabulosity right? Fabulosity. So I, you know, I'm sure you noticed that my tagline is like dismantling the fuckery and unleashing fabulosity. And it was one of my teachers who, who had commented about me that this is the texture that I bring. And I thought this is such a beautiful way to explain it. Why? Because fabulosity, the word fable is rooted in like the story in a story, right? You're telling an almost unbelievable story. My life is an unbelievable story. It is full of the most craziest shit that you wouldn't have, you would not imagine from the challenge to the beauty and that what it does when we get to operate from a place of cultivating love and whether that operates for you in your spiritual context or your belief system, right? Right. And here's, and here's the thing that people say they believe in love, but they have not given life to actions that are, that are love. They're not actually living, giving, you know, believe, B-E-L-I-V-E. They're not giving life to that thing. So you have to evaluate whether you really believe in it. And it's going to require you to give life to it in order to transmit and share it in order to then receive it. And there's no pretty packaging in this. There's no, hey, here are the 20 steps because you have to find your relationship with this divine energy. You have to find yourself in it and what makes you, right? Because we were so conditioned toward worthiness that now you think you have to earn it. Well, if you think you have to earn love, the love of the divine, the love of the universe, the love of the fucking like grass outside, whatever it is, if you have to earn that, then that means you have to be worthy. And if you have to be worthy, that means we have to define what, what makes you worthy. And based on your conditioning and on the construct, well, there's nothing that makes you worthy because fill in the blank. Because you're not enough of this or you're too much of that, right? And so that particular metric and way of seeing it is actually really toxic. And the alignment is to begin to examine what makes me feel expansive, what makes me feel connected to myself and other humans. 
What is this energy that causes me to build my own self-awareness so that when I'm aware of my relationship to love, I am able to share that with others. And that very act transforms the world one person at a time. I really believe that we can. And I don't think that it lives in the big sweeping, you know, um, acts of love, right? I think that those are important. They're beautiful. They're wonderful as they should be, right? But also in the small gestures of every day, a smile, a joke, a warm caress, a baby in your arms, the softness of a, of a flower petal, the sun setting, the sun rising, the moon being full and bright. This is all love, baby. And so when we ask, can it change the world? Yes, it can. What is it going to require? It's going to require us to be vulnerable enough to admit that we are these beautiful love buckets. <laughs> right? Like we, we are the, the most beautiful expression of compassion, kindness, ferocity, warrior magic, all of the things. And that love has the space and the capacity for that. Now, I don't believe in, t in tough love. I will not give life to that shit. That shit is some distorted fucking attempt at really satisfying your desired outcome versus what a person actually needs. And I promise you that it has been my experience as a person, as a mother, as a coach, as someone committed to decolonial liberation and all the things that reaching the heart of each human has been far more successful than me saying to them that they're a piece of shit or me telling them, you know what, this is what the fuck you need to do, right? Like there, there are these ways that sometimes the texture of how we have the conversation needs to be, um, really needs to be activated and needs to be, ha needs to have intensity, right? Because the passion behind love often can show up. I love you so fucking much. I want better for you, man. Right? Like, I'm not going to say that in a tone that's like, you know, I just love you so fucking much. And I want better for you. Right? Like that, at least in my culture, I'm like, yo, I love you so fucking much. Now that, yes. I, I, uh, you're, you know, you need to get your shit together because you're a piece of shit. Ah, not so much. Nothing about that is going to motivate anybody except that somebody that's already conditioned toward pain and conditioned toward uh, degradation and insult. Now for that part, that person that may serve them. But do I think it's what's needed? Absolutely not. Right. Because that's not love. Tough love is bullshit. But love does not dwell without boundaries. You could have a bleeding heart on your sleeves all you want. Don't fucking put your heart away. Have you seen the world? Do you know what's going to happen to you as a result of trying to muffle, trying to subdue, trying to uh, hide your big expansive heart? It's going to contract and wither. It's going to get dry and brittle. 
which usually leads to people who are really miserable. Holy shit. You know, it's very sour. It's very, um, there's another word I'm looking for, but my brain is not giving it to me right now. But anyway, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about. You've met people like that. We have a saying in, in Spanish that says, ni le beben el caldo. We don't even drink like the, the, um, uh, the sauce, you know, beans have sauce. It's like, you can't even drink the sauce from that motherfucker because they're so bitter and so sour. That's what happens when you continuously contract your own heart. What you do need, what I do need is we need boundaries around them around our hearts and around our lives, period. And boundaries are a great thing. I, I love the idea of using boundary as, uh, using a fence as a metaphor for boundaries because, and not the fence that looks like a fucking, the fucking wall. That shit is bizarre and ridiculous. But a fence that is, you know, the outside of a pretty Victorian house where you still see the inside, right? You can still see the lawn. You can still see the yard, you can still see the house, but you're going to have to get rung in to pass and come in because not only does boundaries protect what's on the inside, it also teaches the outside how to treat and be with what's on the inside. And that, yes, and that's a practice. And it does take time to learn how to navigate boundaries in a way that are actually generative and actually makes sense, especially if you come from an unboundaried experience. So being graceful with that, but we can have care and protection for ourselves, but not Fort Knox, because the piece here is, is that when you regulate love in that way, you also regulate its capacity to come back into you. For you to experience with the same amount of generosity, you have loved others, love the world, love this, that, or the other. In that same way, you are going to receive in return. And if you start dialing that shit down, well, surprise, you're going to find it hard to have connections that are sustainable. And what you will attract are connections that are so grimy, right? Because you are actually putting, it makes me think of the old school song. You know, you don't, you can't put a light under a bushel. You have to put it on top so that it can shine everybody, right? Like I've heard the song sung um, with little children, right? And it's, it's actually the related to this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, right? And it's this idea that we understand that the fire, letting this light shine, letting this love be so expansive and outward and connective, and you're constantly being aware of your own texture and your own relationship with it, actually fucking becomes both the thing that illuminates and also the thing that for the people who don't know how to handle a candle... You're going to get burnt. <laughs> you're going to get burnt because you're not, you're not being respectful. You're not handling the flame with respect. Do you see? And so in this way, when we understand love to have this capacity and we're shifting its meaning from this either only the unicorn experience and, and bless people who haven't had hard experiences in life that their love has, has been kept intact. I think that's beautiful. That's not everybody's story though, Right. So many of us have had really painful experiences with families of origin, with the places that at its inception were supposed to offer you an experience of love and acceptance, unconditional love, right? And now some people say there isn't such a thing. Yes, there is. If you understand love to still have 
boundaries, to still have care, to still be something that we're in conversation about how to handle each other in that container. And when you do that, that changes everything. And every interaction in your life from yourself to the external world then becomes this lovemaking session. Yes, let's take it there. Because to inhabit love is to actually vibrate energetically the expansiveness of the erotic. Erotic is a dynamic energy. To me, it is the energy of love. And in the same way, it's the creative energy that you make art with or that you make a bracelet with or that causes you with compulsion to speak with a passion that changes lives and to do what you do. So for me, this this talk, I... I, uh, you know, this weekend I had an experience and, and I, at this point, because I've recorded this several times and deleted it, I'm like, wait, did I say that here? I had an experience that, that was very triggering and caused me for a moment to question whether this world was a safe place at all, whether I could be loving in this world and caring in this world if still being this beacon, there were going to be this, uh, there were going to be these experiences. There were going to, there was going to be harm. There was going to be exploitation or extraction. And while in that moment, I was once again, you know, like uh, teetering because it was so painful. Once I was able to regulate myself and come back inward, I once again declared I believe in the supremacy of love. Call me a, you know, a love bug. I mean, I'm 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 for it. And it also looks different in my expression, right? Like there's no cookie cutter with this. I want to love the world with a ferocity that amplifies and elevates the magic that lives within each and each one of us. I have moments when I look at my kids or when I look at friends or when I look at a sunrise or the moon in the sky that I swear moves me in such a way that not even with my ability to uh, weave words of poetic, you know, impact, I don't have the words for how I feel on the inside because I'm in awe that God would show up in such an amazing way that the divine, that the pulse of the, the thing that is life is moving through this child that is an adult now, my kids are adults, that, that I hug, this friend that I get to laugh with, that even when I need to express uh, anger or even, and I mean anger as in, you know, I have these feelings and I'm, and I'm, I'm not slinging it or, you know, like not that, it, not the abusive shit. But the real like there has been a violation and I need to communicate that and I'm going to do it with a passion and an energy because anger is letting me letting us know something. And that doesn't equal raising your voice. And that's not what I'm talking about. Right. But that it has this capacity to hold for all of that. That there are going to be moments of tension and there are going to be moments of challenge, but love still will reign supreme. And that this experience I'm having in this moment. It is so easy to take every single day for granted as one day rolls into the next. But I'm literally surrounded by an expression of love. 
and I don't know how to say the rest of this without like bawling myself. I'm looking out my office window. I see these beautiful, these beautiful cedar trees and these beautiful pine trees. And I'm looking in my office and my own plants and the world that I exist in. And while I've seen some darkness that can rival the light, I still believe that we are so beautiful and capable of so much that it would be the saddest thing that we would continue to experience in this lifetime and in this world and in all the lifetimes and all the generations. Pain or for some reason that I still cannot understand or fathom that we would think that taking love away, denying love, suppressing love is the way to go. I just, I can't co-sign that. And I want you to remember and understand that deep inside of you. Everything that makes you beautiful is coming from this energy source. Of the allness, of the oneness. And while we may have differences and we may have boundaries and we may have things, right? Like we may have to navigate shit. I don't have to hate you. I may not like your personality um, or some decisions you're making or maybe your lack of values. But anyway, right, I, I still would not desire harm for you because I know that the ridiculous adage of hurt people hurt people. And also that we're all trying to find our way home to this love thing. So I hope that this conversation, I hope that this chat um, was nourishing for you. And here are the things that I want to leave you with in this conversation. One, what is your meaning of love? Two, how are you nourishing and cultivating your love bucket and filling it up so that you're vibrating? And I mean vibrating like a good... Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking about like a good reggae jam where you're just like in it and grinding in it, right? Like that thing. I desire the vibration and the frequency to envelop you in such a way that even when you see bullshit or you experience bullshit, you're like, all right, that's bullshit. But you can continue to anchor yourself and give life to love within and without. That when you're moving, you are asking yourself, how am I operating in alignment with my values as a person? Where have I denied myself the beauty of receiving love in return? And again, when you're going through a really hard time, that may be hard for you. Start small. Love the blanket that wraps you and let it love you back. The water with which you bathe Love it and let it love you back. And let's make magic together. So ask yourself, what does love mean for you? How do you cultivate and nourish your love bucket? What does that look, sound like, and feel like? What boundaries are necessary, if you, especially if you come from not having any, in order to sustainably share and amplify love in the world? And whatever you do, don't forget, that love is an unmistakable energy. Some people you think they're just, you know, that like they have love. Mm, it's depending. You want, you can, you can see true love 
coming from a person, true care coming from a person. Authentic is what, what I really am saying, right? The real thing. So may we all be the real thing. May we all give love a chance again and again. Because it's the stuff you're made of, my love. I love you. I wish you blessings. And if you wear your heart on your sleeve, welcome home, comrade. Because this is a fucking love fest. And we will be warriors of love. Anybody get down with that Sade song? Right? That love will always be supreme. So have a great rest of your day. I love you, and we'll talk soon again. Bueno, mi gente, thank you for joining me on this wild and liberating journey of dismantling the fuckery. Remember, we are the architects of our own liberation. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your people. Do all the things. You know what it takes for us to keep these frequencies rolling. Together, We will transform the world from a place of fuckery into a realm of unapologetic fabulosity. Stay fierce, my loves. Stay fabulous and keep dismantling. And if you want me or need me, yes, you heard me say that right. You know where to find me at priestessingliberation.com. Nos vemos ahorita. Adios.